0: Everybody, Tyler Smith here. Uh, This is miniisode number thirty-five. We're recording this a couple we I think I think one week in advance, so uh, there might be all kinds of news that we're not covering, and so uh, sorry about that. Uh, We are continuing with our Best of Pictures project. Uh, Last time we discussed the Hurt Locker. This time we are going to talk about the winner of Best Picture for the year two thousand eight, which is Slumdog Millionaire, directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, but before I get further into that, I will welcome in my friend and your co-host, Josh Long. Josh.
1: Hi there. How you doing? Doing all right. Just all right? Yeah. What's going uh, on? I got worried about getting to sleep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because these
0: conversations always jazzy up, <laughs> you know, and get you going and
1: you can't well, possibly fall asleep that's, after that. That's what I'm hoping will happen. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, you are worried about going to sleep during the episode?
1: No, no. I'm thinking, I'm thinking now about how I have to go to sleep tonight because I will have to get up early two nights from now. I'm like, I'm like pre planning my sleep schedule and stressing about it, which is not a good plan and doesn't help you get to sleep. So,
0: just take something
1: like like heroin or something.
0: Well, no, that's doesn't want that to put off, you to you sleep. Do heroin? Okay, I take it.
1: I take it wherever I want to go. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, because it's in the driver's seat when you're, oh, yeah. when you're doing it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So, uh, <laughs> drug use reference check.
0: Now is to uh, get through
1: all of them tonight.
0: That'll be a fun thing. It's like how many drug references can we incorporate into our discussion of Up oh, yeah. Millionaire? Um, now is it uh, by the time. We're recording. You're smack dab in the middle of a film shoot. Can
1: you talk about it
0: a little bit? Or or is it best to, to play it safe?
1: By the by, the time this recording is airing? Yes. Um, might be best to play it safe. All I'm right. not sure. I have no idea what the rules are there. Can we say the company? Um,
0: I don't know. Okay, you know what? We'll tease it. Okay. We'll just say, stay tuned, and we will tell you the film that... Uh, that our, our friend Josh Long is working on.
1: If you're getting excited about it, you should stop. It's not that exciting.
0: <laughs> or really ramp that up. Really get your expectations high.
1: That's true. Because it'll it's, be... Because then the expe- you'll, you'll be so happy with the expectations, yeah. um, you'll enjoy that, while right. you won't enjoy the actual reveal. So if you, if you want to enjoy something out of this, that's the way to do it.
0: Indeed. Uh, and I believe by the time this airs, uh, there will be a new best picture um, oh that's true yeah which uh, we do not at the moment know what it is and so we, I think we'll, we 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 may wind up um, veering off course a little bit with the next mini so we do and we will talk about whatever one best picture uh, you know this last week
1: should we predict it
0: sure Sure. It'll be a prediction that people know, as we say,
1: Oh yeah. Well now we'll see as you're hearing this, we actually don't know. So,
0: okay. Uh, I'm going to go 12 years a slave.
1: I was going to go that too. Yeah.
0: It's, it does. It seems to be a three way race between 12 years a slave, gravity and American hustle. American hustle is starting to lag behind. I think Mm -hmm. that one's out. Yeah. So it's between gravity and 12 years a slave. And I think, uh, I think the Academy is going to see gravity mostly as a technical achievement, certainly mm-hmm. an, atten- an entertaining one. Yeah. But I think they'll give it director and a whole mess of technical awards. Yeah. But I think there's the Oscars tend to favor movies that that they deem important. Yeah. And 12 years a slave is more. It important. has that
1: feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like with, uh, with Hurt Locker, like we talked about last time, mm-hmm. avatar got all the technical awards. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. And director. No, no, not director. Not director. I'm sorry. I just got some, some I got mixed technical. up. Yeah. Um, but stuff like that. And I think that'll, that probably will be the same thing this year. Okay, cool. Yeah. With that done. All right. So, uh,
0: but we're here to talk about Danny Boyle's slum dog millionaire. Now, uh, full disclosure, I should mention that I once met Danny Boyle. So he and I are kind of friends. <laughs>
1: I and was there.
0: So you were there. That's I probably.
1: didn't meet him, but I saw you talking to him.
0: Yes. And, uh, and I
1: and, saw him punch you in the face when you tried to give that him was that like, flyer. It was you like, you uh, tried to shove that battleship pretension card down his throat and he then, he hit you.
0: Yeah. But he, you know, he can't hit worth anything.
1: No, he's British.
0: <laughs> is he British?
1: I don't know. Or is he Yeah, Scottish? he is. Britain is, is, Scotland's in Britain.
0: Oh boy, this will be, let's start that conversation by all means. You know what? Uh, we'll catch up to that when we talk about Braveheart. Um, all right. So Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, sorry for the five minutes of nothing that you just listened to everybody. Um, Slumdog Millionaire. This is a movie that is very good. I enjoyed it a great deal. It's, uh, I did not enjoy it as much as, for example, uh, last uh, two weeks ago, we talked about The Hurt Locker. I didn't enjoy it as much as that. But it is a perf- perfectly pleasant, enjoyable film that has some fun technical achievements and some good performances. Uh, but by and large, I I mean, I own the movie. I bought it super cheap. Uh, it's something that uh, my wife and I will return to from time to time. But it is seldom something that sticks with me. Yeah, um, And I feel bad being so negative about it, because, especially because the film tends to be so generally positive um and uh and for the most part i think is a, is a fine movie but uh but what did you think of it just kind of in from an overall standpoint
1: yeah i kind of feel the same way i i there's things i enjoyed about it um i think it's fun um but i don't think it's great i don't think it's really stand out um yeah. I, I i i don't know if i think of it of the, of the best of the year because um that we were talking about this off mic but i Normally, I see all the nominees every year, and for some reason, I apparently saw two of the nominees this year, which th- this year being 2008, uh, which is unusual for me. But uh, I don't feel like I saw that many good movies that year, even looking back and trying to remember other ones from 2008. There weren't that many that I liked, so um, I don't know. It could just been that it wasn't that great of a year, but even I don't know if I'd even rank uh, Slumdog Millionaire as one of the best movies of the decade, even. Yeah,
0: it's it's interesting. I feel like one thing that we uh, tend to talk about and the next the next one we well next one we'll talk about will be the winner for 2013. But after that, we'll we'll get to No Country for Old Men, which is a movie that certainly does not fade from memory. But what I will say is that so far, a lot of the movies we've talked about are fairly, I won't say bland. But and as and as fun and as charming as as the artist is, it it doesn't seem to me like the type of movie that many would say is just one of their absolute favorites. They mm-hmm. would say that year, sure. But in the in the grand scheme of things, I don't know anybody that would ever cite that as just a movie that that, that just stands out.
1: Yeah. It's weird. Some dog millionaire is one of those movies that I'll bet you in two thousand eight or two thousand nine people were calling their favorite movie and now have forgotten about. <laughs>
0: yeah. It seems like the kind of like as you Like, you know, you have all the best pictures memorized, correct? Yeah. I have back to like 1964, which is My Fair Lady. 63, I don't remember. Oh, I remember. Is it your –
1: okay. Oh, yes. All right. My nemesis film. Yeah,
0: it is the film about (laughs) uh, singer Tom Jones. Yes. And so um, it is, of course – Albert
1: Finney is.
0: Oh, now, that's a movie I want to see um, but uh but yeah, and so uh, so as as you're rattling off uh, I know this happens to me as I'm rattling off best pictures, there are some years where I have to there's a slight pause
1: mm-hmm. because
0: I don't remember, yeah, and it's just I've no problem remembering no country for old men winning in in right. 2007. Uh you know I have no problem. Well, there's not a lot that I really stand by, you know. But like yeah. but this is one that I tend to for that I tend to forget. And again, it's a perfectly fine movie and and it did happen to come about in you and I were talking about this beforehand. It happened to come about in a year that looking back was not good. There were, there were a couple of movies that people loved. Yeah. Uh, from a mainstream standpoint, and the fact that those movies—I'll just go ahead and say *The Dark Knight* and *Wally*—the fact that those movies were not nominated for picture is what then led to the Academy uh, expanding the Best Picture category because yeah. maybe then we would, maybe then they would nominate things that people had actually seen because people did not see *The Reader*. There was actually a joke at the Oscar uh, ceremony that year about how people had not seen *The Reader*. Yeah, um,
1: which is one of the two that I saw. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and so. Uh, so yeah, but I, I, I let's let's go into the movie a little bit, uh, and we'll talk more about its 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 Oscar legacy in a moment. So it's uh, it's the story of this kid's life. His name is Jamal, and he lives in His name is
1: Slumdog, His, and, and he it, lives yes. in millionaire India.
0: Yeah, it's you don't immediately expect that kind of thing, but that's the brilliance of a Danny Boyle. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so he uh, he lives in in India. He lives in just he's. Part of a family just doesn't obviously does not have any money. They live in a slum and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and it's just about his – what led him from that to being on the slum uh, – sorry, the uh, uh, India version of who wants to be a millionaire and then question by question getting them right and just getting more and more money. Uh, and then you wonder how – and other characters wonder how could this kid
1: who, who comes came from, from nothing, yeah, yeah,
0: how could he know these answers? Yeah, uh, to the point where people are thinking, well, maybe he cheated, you know. Right. Uh, and so, for a good portion of the film, there's like it's kind of a framing device. He's being interrogated,
1: right? And it goes back and forth. You see yeah. him being interrogated about how do you know the answers to this, and then we sort of see a flashback to how he does know the answer to yeah. it. And part of the whole thrust of the film is that it's it's about destiny. He was. Yeah. These things happened in his past and uh, they didn't seem to mean anything at the time. But now they meant that he was able to answer this question, which has made him be able to have this money.
0: Yeah. Destiny, fate, or as the film tends to put it, it is written. Yeah. Um, And so – and, you know, what it winds up being, whether you are – whether you believe in destiny or fate or whatever, um, what it winds up being that really – kind of hit home with me was this idea of um, examining your life and recognizing you never quite know what events will be relevant to your Mm -hmm. life. I mean, you think like, oh, it'll be this. I remember this day, this giant day, and Mm -hmm. that certainly will, you know, change the course of my life. Meanwhile, it could be this tiny little thing that you haven't thought about in years. And suddenly that experience or that little bit of knowledge affects how you, you know, it affects like the course of your life, which is something I think everybody probably has experienced at some point.
1: Yeah, Or on this in, in kind of the same way it deals with the idea that something you might think that something was bad or it may have seemed bad at the time, but ended up having a wonderful result.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's a theme that I can really get behind, certainly from a Christian. Yeah. It's got a
1: Christian application.
0: Um, And uh, there, at some point I was, I, I wanted to talk about slumdog millionaire for the show like for a, a proper episode um but oddly
1: enough not surprisingly i forgot. forgot about it <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and i feel bad i feel like we're being too dismissive of the film yeah no it is it's a
1: good movie it's a good film yeah um but it's you know it's not it's no citizen kane right yes Isn't that always fun to say? It's like,
0: it's not like it's Citizen Kane or when you say this movie makes this other movie that I thought was bad, look like Citizen Kane. Uh, It's always a nice shorthand. It also happens to be a wonderful movie. We'll get to that in, I don't know, three years when we talk about how green was my Valley. Um, So, uh, so yeah, it's, so the story is pretty simple. I do like the way it's structured. Uh, I it's, tend to it, like when it goes back and forth like that.
1: Yeah, and it's funny that the, how much when I thought about it afterwards, how much the story is kind of like a Dickens novel.
0: Uh, the Oliver Twist is what the uh, companion film would have been when we were going to do a Slumdog Millionaire episode. Yeah,
1: poor kid. Is he an orphan? Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yes, I believe so. Yeah, he's an orphan. Like, he even there's even a part where like he's like stealing things, isn't it? Like where yeah, he
0: for for somebody. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or named Fagin. It's weird that no one picked up on that connection.
0: Yeah, and ever and then everyone he meets is British and then he's in <laughs> London. You know what? Um <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, and I, I and it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, like he's he's stealing at times he's like a beggar working yeah. for for this guy
1: uh, and he, he's even got like the girl that he sees like as when he's a child and then Finds her later when they're both grown up, which is yeah. the that's not Oliver Twist, but that happens like four other Dickens novels.
0: Yeah. Is that a Great Expectations? Yeah. Thing? It's yeah. Great
1: Expectations. I think it's in Nicholas Nickleby. Um, it's in David Copperfield for sure. It's in A Christmas Carol, obviously. Right. The ghosts.
0: Yeah. He saw the ghost when he was a kid, and then that's <laughs> why he's so freaked he out. Was by on, him.
1: He was always in love with the ghost of Christmas present.
0: Oh, yeah. Because he Cause likes Christmas presents. Presents, right. That was really stupid. I anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it very much feels like that, and and I do certainly. With, you could say this about like Nicholas Nickleby and and uh, Oliver Twist, um, the uh, and Great Expectations to a certain extent. Uh, sudden jarring sh- uh, changes in circumstance. Yeah, like yeah. you know, uh, this kid is. It's like all right, I've. It's like I'm not thrilled with my life, but I at least know how to manage it in this certain circumstance, and then something happens you know, fate intervenes if you want to put it that way. And he now finds himself, so, finds himself whisked away to another circumstance. And now he has to try to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And that's part of, that is part of the frustration of him being from a slum and not having any money is that there's this idea that you have no control over your own fate. You have to go wherever life just tells you you're going to go. Cause you know, what are you going to say? No, obviously not because yeah. I mean, you have no standing to do so. Um, So yeah, it's, uh, it does have very uh, Dickensian quality to it. And I think, I think maybe that's one of the reasons that for me, it's so pleasing Mm -hmm. what I've read of Dickens and certainly the films that I've seen based on Dickens, uh, even when he's addressing uh, very, you know, socially terrible things, the, the characters he creates and the way they interact and just the general mentality seems to be one that. Feels so, and I mean this in a in a good way. It's going to sound not, but it feels so comfortable, familiar, and and uh, I I don't know. I, I'll not comfort not comfortable. It feels comforting, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure exactly why I describe it that mm-hmm. way. But like when I re- when I've read a Dickens novel, like his some of it's just his prose. Like you feel mm-hmm. like it's somebody telling you a story you already know. Yeah. Um, and there, I, again, I say that in a good way.
1: Yeah. And there's an element of hope in all of those stories. Anyway, yeah. I think most of his, his work is that way. I think tale of two cities is kind of a, uh, it's different because it's more of a tragedy, but a lot of these ones are not mm-hmm. tragedies. Even when these bad things happen and a lot of, a lot of them do, yeah. um, there's still an element of hope or you know, there's all these kind of unflappable characters who, keep going in spite of all those drastic turns of uh you know negative turns of fortune and jamal is definitely one of them i mean there's Mm -hmm. uh, and i will say that uh you
0: know one of the things that always got me about oliver twist though i think it's uh, a really wonderful story and has made for a couple of very good movies one um, of them
1: that we'll have to talk about
0: will we oh yeah that's right that's why i haven't seen that one (laughs) i was just like Did David Lean's Oliver Twist win Best Picture? I don't think so. Um, Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, And so – but one thing that always got me was that Oliver seems to be maybe too passive of a character. Mm. Uh, Whereas uh, Jamal in Slumdog Millionaire, uh, again, he certainly doesn't seem to be the master of his fate, but it's not for lack of trying. Yeah, he's very active. And he has – you know, specific desires and he has relationships with other people and those seem to motivate his actions, whether it be with his, uh, occasionally treacherous brother or with this girl that he has a crush on. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's a more, he's a more active character and, uh, three different actors, uh, play him, but we see him primarily as a, you know, early twenties, maybe even teenager, Mm -hmm. uh, played by Dev Patel, who has shown up in a number of other things. I think, what is he on? Oh, he's on the newsroom right now, which I haven't seen, mercifully, and yeah. uh, except the first episode, and I didn't like it. Um, he was in The Last Airbender, which I didn't see. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. But he was on um, the uh, British version of a show called uh, Skins, uh, and he's very good in it. Hmm. Uh, I've only seen a few episodes, but uh, and it's a pretty good show, but he's very good in it. Um, and he has a surprising comic sensibility, which you would not immediately – you wouldn't assume from his role in Slumdog Millionaire, yeah. but he's remarkably charming, the lead actor. Yeah. You know, a movie like uh, – did you ever see Kingdom of Heaven? It's a Ridley Scott film. I don't think so. Okay. And it's and it's a, a period uh, epic, and it stars Orlando Bloom. And I think Orlando Bloom can work in certain roles, but he is certainly not Russell Crowe uh, yeah. in, in Gladiator or something yeah. like that. And so – so every time every time we look at any of the other actors it's we're like oh I love this person and then when it's the person that we're supposed to be rooting for it's just like uh, it just winds up being kind of a fatal flaw of the film.
1: Yeah, there's something well this is a little bit of a diversion but there's something about Orlando Bloom that I it he doesn't seem like he can really handle leading man parts which is strange cuz he was such a heartthrob for a little while but like yeah, I feel like he's not really good as an action uh, lead. And even that, like, think of Elizabeth town. He's like, he's trying to be like a Luke Wilson type lead. And even that it's like, he just doesn't fit somehow. I don't know what it is.
0: Well, I think it's that you know, he's, he's kind he's, I think a limited actor, but I think he also has a character actor quality to him, but he's also in a, a good looking guy. And so I think Hollywood saw the heartthrob thing. It's like, well, let's make him a lead. It's like, I think he's best in ensemble. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah. And so, uh, so one of the reasons I think Slumdog Millionaire works as well as it does is because we enjoy spending time with the main character and we genuinely root for him. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the cast is pretty great, too. I won't mm-hmm. list everybody, but I will say that Frida Pinto plays uh, Latica.
1: I would. Say, I think or it's latica Latika? But Latika? But I, I, I can't know. remember. But-
0: um and she's quite charming. She is good. Love that,
1: that, that was her first movie, apparently, when, hmm. which was strange to me. And I, I have not seen several of the other things that she was in. Apparently, she was in the new Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I didn't see. Oh, okay, But uh, she was in a film called Trishna, which, speaking of British adaptations that take place in India, that's a uh, version of Tess of the Dobervilles or however you say that. Okay. Um, hound
0: of the Baskervilles? Is that what you're talking <laughs> that's about? That's what it is. She okay. plays
1: the hound. Okay. Um no, but that she is really good in that movie too. Mm-hmm. So that she's she's an actress who I think has a lot going for her.
0: Yeah, and she has a lot of uh, on-screen charisma as well, and which yeah. is good because if you're going to have your main character be obsessed with somebody, you right. need to see why.
1: Yeah, something uh, she really does fit that part like I feel like there have been other movies I've watched where the the girl that everyone's like all amazed over you're like oh yeah she's you know she's a pretty girl yeah, whatever she's mostly a cipher kind of has that quality too, but yeah but yeah she she has this in this movie the the actress the the film and the actress both bring this mystery and this yeah. this you know, like you said the charisma to her that makes her desirable and I'll mention uh, a
0: couple of the other uh, actors um, one is uh, Anil Kapoor who plays Prem who is the host. Of uh, the uh, of who wants to be a millionaire and turns out to be a rather treacherous guy for reasons not always revealed, except maybe a sense. Certainly there's possibly a class situation where he does not like the idea that the slum kid is doing so well, Um, but also maybe a a certain sense of um, this kid's upstaging me. Like, hmm. this is my show. And, yes, yeah. contestants come on and they win money, but it is my show. Yeah. And this kid is taking the show away from me for a moment. Um, and it's a, it, he's a rather craven character uh, who even – there's a moment when you think, oh, he actually is kind of a somewhat decent guy and uh, still uh, inf- encouraging cheating. But uh, he seems to be on the side of Jamal, but then it turns out that he is very much not. Hmm. And so uh, – and I – and. I think I have seen that actor elsewhere. I can't, I can't immediately place where Anil uh, Kapoor, but, uh, but I like him a lot. I think you need a character who is a villain while also not necessarily immediately declaring themselves as a villain. And mm-hmm. I think he does a very good job at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will say uh, Irfan Khan mm-hmm. plays the police inspector that is interrogating Jamal throughout the film. And he's an actor that uh, you've not seen Life of Pi, correct? No. Okay. He plays the adult Pi in that and he's wonderful
1: he's a very good actor and it's weird because he is a big like bollywood star he's in a mm. ton of bollywood movies but now he has become like the resident hollywood indian actor like yeah. he pops up and also he's in darjeeling limited mm. um i don't know if you saw the film the namesake he's in that i didn't, I didn't. um i keep seeing him pop up in things he's in a recent movie the name of which i, I think it's called the lunchbox yeah
0: Uh, that, uh, that David reviewed for Battleship Pretension, it sounded really good to me. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he's just an actor who like, it's so interesting to me because what I've seen of Bollywood, I don't necessarily care for. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's just a cultural thing, uh, for me. Um, by which I mean, like I was not raised with those types of movies and so I don't think I'm predisposed to enjoying them. Yeah. Uh. And so, if somebody's a Bollywood star, you have a certain thing in mind of the energy level they're probably going to bring to it to something, and put them in almost anything else. And you might assume they might be over, they might overplay this. He doesn't, no, not at all. He's remarkably naturalistic, and his scenes uh, with um, Dev Patel are some of my favorite. They're very good, yeah. Um, because, and he's a guy who he's kind of the opposite of the Prem character. Prem seems to be on Jamal's side, but is actually not. The police Mm. inspector has to be adversarial, but also be not necessarily on his side, but there is a decency to him. Yeah. um, That needs to come through even when he's being fairly brutal. Yeah. And I think uh, Irfan Khan does a great job with that. Just the acting all around is really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. and so so just to maybe touch on some of the technical things before we move on, uh, I think it's a brilliantly edited film. I think it looks really gorgeous. Um, some would say that there's kind of a manic visual style to it at times that I think has come to uh, sort of encapsulate uh, uh, Danny Boyle's style uh, over the last few years. But it worked for me, uh, I think. I don't know. What did you think of the film from a visual standpoint?
1: Um. Again, I don't remember the visuals of it that much. Um, it definitely has an exciting feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I feel like the, the energy is consistent with Danny Boyle films. Yes. I feel like the look is not necessarily. like The world seems a little indistinct. Hmm. It seems like lively and colorful, but um, I don't feel like I have a real strong sense. Not that I don't have a strong sense of what it looks like. But I don't feel like there's a strong unified idea of what the world looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And and perhaps that's because it, it is a land that is foreign to him. It could be. Director. Yeah,
1: it makes sense. That, that Actually, I'm in a minority in, in uh, Darjeeling Limited being my least favorite Wes Anderson film. But I kind of feel that for the same way. I feel like he's not at home in this world. So there's some of it that doesn't seem like he's as in control of what the world looks like.
0: I did not expect to like Darjeeling Limited, but I actually like it quite a bit.
1: And when I say it's my least favorite movie, I don't mean I, I still like all the Wes Anderson movies. I think it's just – it's not my favorite of his. So,
0: Yeah, and there is uh, – so I watch – okay. I watch a lot of Amazing Race. And sooner or later, you're going to wind up in India. Here's why. They almost always introduce it once the, once the uh, racers have established we're pretty good at this. Like, we've been around a while. We've managed to survive most of the uh, legs of the race. So I think we got it. And they're like, all right, you're going to India. Enjoy. Because the traffic is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the a, a lot of the uh, inhabitants that, that the racers will be interacting with, like, don't speak English. And 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 so um, it is a, – a, there's a strange exotic quality to it while also seeming at times to be, you know – very depressingly poor and mm-hmm. it's this – and so I feel like any movie or TV show that that uh, uh, attempts to portray India – and I've never been there um, – is going to have its work you know, cut out for it because you're going to want to show it, especially if it's going to be for a Western audience who has never and for some people will never go to India – you you want to show some of the beauty of it while also showing this other thing and having it be a consistent visual quality and or
1: think, you're making
0: eat pray love where <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> it's just like India might as well be anywhere else as far as this woman's <laughs> concerned she does not need to worry about the poverty
1: here's 10 seconds of what it looks like in real life yeah. now for the rest of the time you'll spend it inside a, a swami complex
0: <laughs> uh and so it's uh so yeah it might be it, it might have uh though the film won cinematography and editing and, and other things that kind of uh, affect uh, the visual tone of the film um i think uh, i think it is a little there's a vibrance to it but it's maybe a little muddy at times and i don't get much of a sense of place i do from the characters yeah and maybe the story in general um and one th- and little story beats that okay so i i told you this uh off mic a couple days ago. Um, I mentioned the amazing race. Uh, my wife and I were watching, going back and watching the, uh, the first season of it. And in slumdog millionaire, one thing that, that is worth talking about is its depiction of the poor. And just, you know, I, I mean, I have the, I'm of the opinion that like, if you're Christian, you will hopefully have a heart for the poor. um, Not merely in this country, but, but everywhere. And when you run across a place like India and you realize like, well, the poor there, I mean, not to, not to say that it's easy being poor anywhere, but there it's, it's, it really is just like a whole other world to the point where uh, I mentioned that uh, Jamal, excuse me, uh, for a while has to like beg for a living and one way to get more sympathy uh, and get more money is the guy who's sort of in charge of these beggars. He actually, uh, blinds these children, like pours stuff into their eye that just burns their eyes out. And it leaves a rather hor- horrifying scar. And this happens to one of Jamal's friends and it's really just terrible. And of course I do assume that such a thing does happen. Uh, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like the kind of movie that would just, uh, Put something so horrific out there and be like, well, I don't know if this happens or not, but it seemed like a good story beat. Um, so Jen and I were watching Amazing Race, and they did, of course, wind up in India. And there is a there is a scene in which the teams, because they're teams of two, they have to split up. One person is doing the task. And the other person is waiting and holding on to the cab. And the person that's waiting, all these children just swarm around them, like asking for money and that sort of thing. And there is one moment. You don't see it. You don't see him very much where this little boy shows up and his eyes look exactly like what happens in, in Slumdog Millionaire, like horribly scarred, per- permanently shut, obviously blind. And and of course, my mind immediately jumped to Slumdog Millionaire because – though I do say the film at times is uh, the film overall is maybe a little forgettable. Uh, it, there is some strong imagery and strong characters in there. And by wanting to show as unblinking, uh, as unblinking, a, uh, portrayal of poverty, um, as Danny Boyle is trying to do, I feel like you will be left with some images that are very unsettling. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, completely true yeah and uh sadly of course and so um so it is a film that i think again at times is just not remarkably memorable and overall is not memorable but while you're watching it it is very compelling and and it will get an emotional reaction from you and i think it earns that for the most part um is this a movie that you feel like you would recommend to people
1: possibly i don't know okay um,
0: If you were to give like a caveat, because th- that's something I find I found us doing lately, which yeah. is like Hurt Locker. If you can if you enjoy suspense and if you can stand suspense, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. King's Speech. Hey, you know, this is a perfectly fine movie. If you if you're already going to watch it, I'm not going to warn yeah. you away from it.
1: Slumdog Millionaire is a perfect movie for you to watch with your parents. OK. Because <laughs> it's 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 a depending good... on who your parents are, because, for example,
0: my mom has a really and my dad uh had a really hard time watching uh Inhumanity hmm. and while the film for the most part it's not like incredibly intense. It's not, I mean, we mentioned 12 years a slave, like that is an,
1: a a portrait of inhumanity. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of inhumanity. I mean, if you were very sensitive to that sort of thing, maybe, but I feel like for most people, it has the kind of in, in, inhumanity, like a Bill Sykes, for example, again, Mm -hmm. to go back to that, like, you're like, Oh, he's so bad, but it's not, uh, it's not uncomfortable to watch in the same way that something like 12 years a slave is.
0: Right. Yeah. And I guess, I guess what, the way it depicts it is not the same as what it is depicting. And Mm -hmm. the fact of what it is depicting can be very traumatizing. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so yeah, if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, maybe it's not for you. One could also make the argument, eh, you know, maybe you should watch it anyway. Um, sometimes I feel like we need to, unless it's a function of like conviction, like if you, if you have an issue with like, Violence, like troubling your soul or nudity or something like that. That's another issue. But from an artistic standpoint, I feel like sometimes it doesn't hurt to kind of steer it, you know, steer into something that yeah. we know can be a little uh, unsettling. Yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, we'll wrap up in just a moment, but I will say, so you and I've been talking about this movie being good, not necessarily great. Uh, I will ask what do you think of it winning best picture in a year that is weak?
1: I kind of feel fine with that. I mean, like I told you, I, there's a couple of the, I mean, still three of the five nominees that I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. So perhaps I would feel strongly about one of those that I had, I seen it, but, um, I I mean, there's good things about the reader, but I don't remember it being a particularly strong film. Um, looking back, most of the movies that I saw that, that year were a lot of kind of, Fun type movies, some comedies and comedies that I remember enjoying. I enjoyed role models came out that year. I enjoyed that movie, um, stuff like that. But I don't, I don't remember having seen any that I was like, that's a, that's a great film that I didn't see it that year, but I guess the Che film that Mm -hmm. Soderbergh made came out in 2008. Yeah. Um, that's, that I think is pretty good. Yeah. Although it's, (laughs) And that's certainly not for everyone. It's, you know, it's in two parts. So it's very long. It's about Che Guevara. So if you're not interested in that sort of thing, yeah. you're not going to like it. It's in Spanish. Um, but I think that has, that brings some interesting, the reason I like that movie is it brought some interesting things to the, to an exploration of that character rather than mm-hmm. being, uh, a puff piece, yeah. which seems like it could be since he's the sort of person that people put on t-shirts. Absolutely. I yes. think this Che Guevara or it's not Che Guevara. This uh Cesar Chavez movie that's getting ready to c- c- come out is the sort of thing that this could have been where it's uh, I think Who they're just going to I don't think I
0: know anything about it.
1: It's not real big but I I feel like um what's his name from Crash who's in who's like in every Hispanic movie now? Michael Peña? Yeah, I think he's in it. I don't know if he plays Ch- uh, Cesar Chavez but the the, the trailer Makes it seem like it's just a movie where they just just uh, lionize. This they, character. they adapted a Wikipedia entry into a uh, into a <laughs> kind of not even not even a Wikipedia entry because it doesn't look that uh, even handed. Okay, fair. <laughs> enough. Somebody's fan page. Okay. Rosario um, Dawson's Dawson is in it, and John Malkovich plays uh, Cesar Chavez. No, that's not true. Oh my, he's in it, but that's not.
0: See, that's some casting I'd like to see.
1: See. Uh, um, Michael Pena does play Steve Chavez. Okay.
0: You know what? I like that casting. I like Michael Pena a he's, lot.
1: He's a good actor, definitely. Um,
0: but yeah, and so, uh, so yeah, and I didn't even see uh, uh, Che, which I, I feel like I would have liked to, but I just cannot. Uh, if I had started watching it then, I think I would have finished just right now. Um, <laughs> it's that long. But, uh, but yeah, and I will say, so I've seen, so the five nominees that year. Were Slumdog Millionaire, Frost/Nixon, Milk, The Reader, and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I did not see Benjamin Button, but I did see the other ones, and I will say Frost/Nixon. I think is I really like that movie. I responded to it a great deal from a cinematic standpoint. I think it's a not much of an achievement. Um, uh, the Reader, like you said, it was fine. There, are, it's it's more of an actor's movie than anything else. Uh, Milk, I think is is as you know from episode one. of more than one lesson, Uh, you know, that I think Milk is actually a very good, well put together, well written, well acted movie. Um, And so and of course, I haven't seen Benjamin Button. Some people love it. A lot of people hate it. Uh, So I I can't comment on that. But I will say of the ones that I've seen, it would be between Slumdog Millionaire and Milk. And I do think that uh, I do think that uh, Gus Van Sant can be a very strong visual storyteller. I do not think Milk is an example of that. Uh, compared to something like, uh, elephant or, or, uh, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, milk seemed to be more in line with his, uh, finding Forrester goodwill hunting, uh, technique of, of direction where I feel like it was just very straightforward, not really doing much with it. So, uh, milk won uh, best actor for Sean Penn and best original screenplay. And I'm pretty much fine with, with both of those. It is more of a writer's and actor's movie, but it's still very good in a mm. lot of ways. Um, and so I would say it's between those two and some dog one in a year that I think was just mostly kind of blah. My favorite movie of that year was, uh, the visitor Tom McCarthy's the visitor. Mm. Um, and, uh, but there was also Wally in the dark Knight. I'm a huge fan of Wally. So if that had been nominated, I would have said, give it to Wally. Yeah. Um, and had it, had everything been pushed back a year, maybe, uh, it would have been nominated. Of course it wouldn't have won, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, so I would like to get anybody else's, uh, perspective on Slumdog Millionaire if you liked it, if you didn't like it, if you think it deserved best picture or not. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, you can email me Tyler at more than one or Josh, Josh, Josh at more than one Pardon me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at more lessons. You can follow Josh at the Josh long at the Josh long. You can also go to more than one for, uh, various blogs, sermons, past episodes. Uh, you can purchase any number of the movies that we've talked about on the show. You can put, purchase it on our uh, Amazon store. And I think that is it. So, uh, Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And thank you guys for listening and we'll get you next time. Bye.